Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Illy from X-Force Body out of actually two locations, right? Um... Where are your two locations in Florida? I know one's in South Tampa and the other one is in... Palm Harbor. Palm Harbor. Got it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. It's a beautiful day here in Florida. Yeah. So really excited to have you on and learn a little bit more about X-Force Body. But before we dive into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about how you describe your gym and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. My name is Ili. Thank you for having me. Originally from Bulgaria. Funny enough, the uh, Olympic lifters uh, capital of the world, but that's not why I started in the fitness industry. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Um, why I started is, like I told you a few minutes ago, I like to call it by chance. I was in the right place at the right time on a different route um at the at the time i was on the way to becoming a physical therapist because my parents um told me that fitness is not a career fitness is a hobby get a real job get a secure job of course they did that because they love me they wanted me to be safe and taken care of so anyway um so while i was taking my prereqs for the physical therapy program here in uh, St. Petersburg's College uh, here in Florida. I was working as a rehab tech at a, as full-time and part-time I was teaching part-time. This is another passion of mine is ballroom dance. I was teaching group dance classes like Zumba. And anyway, this lady came into, I did it just for fun. I didn't even care about the cash. Again, my heart was always with fitness. But uh, this lady comes into the studio. She rents a part of the studio. And next thing, she asked me to try this Nautilus workout. At the time, I had no idea what Nautilus is. Why should we go towards Nautilus? Why there's such amazing equipment? And I did, I did not, didn't know nothing. I even knew that girls shouldn't do a lot of weights, so they don't become big and bulky. Until I got educated, actually, the weights will give you that beautiful physique. And the bulkiness is just excess fat. However, um, I tried this workout and I experienced a proper strength training workout. It took 15 minutes. I was shaking and I was so intrigued. I mean, when I say shaking, it's like you feel your body toast, but in a very productive way. So I download all the research behind it. They're bulletin one, bulletin two, they're online. If you Google Nautilus, bulletin one and bulletin two, which is the most brilliant research on uh, proper strength training you'll ever find, the br most brilliant uh, literature. And I go, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. All you require is 20 minutes twice a week, right? If you're a business owner, if you're a busy mom, if you're, you have a life, right? You're not a bodybuilder that you can be in the gym for three, four hours a day that that's your, you're an athlete, right? This is different. But anyway, uh, I realized then the next day with my patients very soon after that people get old 
simply because they start losing lean muscle mass. And that starts at the age of 30, we start losing half a pound of lean muscle mass a year. Now you do the math, if you're 50, if you're 60, if you're 70, what happens to your body? This is all self-talk, right? And I said, oh my goodness. I said, if all these patients that I have did my stupid workout 20 minutes twice a week, I am talking full body strength training, they wouldn't be in this wheelchair right now. And instead of working in physical therapy, um, I can be a part of the solution. And I said, I want to become the best I can be uh, in this concept. And one day I want to have my own place, my own team, and we can teach people how important strength training is. And right away I started working the, in a studio with Nautilus equipment. I worked as a trainer for almost five years. And then uh, I opened my first one in 2016. And now we have two locations. I have a team of uh, seven right now. Wonderful. I actually just hired an eight one just this morning. <laughs> I called him to tell him he uh, made it on the team. But anyway, um, this is how it all began. And one thing led to another. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your success thus far. Thank you. So something that you, so is your, do you have a specific like target audience? Are you working with more of the older generation or is it a, a wider gap? Anywhere between 25 and our oldest right now is uh, 76. Wow. Uh, anywhere in between, um, it is, the target, most of our people are very busy. They're very uh, like uh, busy moms, busy professionals, lawyers, doctors, surgeons, that uh, that kind of uh, clientele. Okay. So I want to ask you a little bit about like the transition because you were working for another gym. Were you working for yourself as a personal trainer or were no, you working no. for? I was, I was working for a personal training studio. Okay. So how did you know that it was time to quit the job at the studio to open up your own space? I got fired. Oh, <laughs> okay. So oh. you got fired. And yes. then we, <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. Um, I'm honest. Yeah. Okay. So you got fired. So what happened after that? Um, what happened after? After you got fired, did you like this? Were you like, okay, this is my opportunity to open up my studio? My first thought was I never, ever want to work for somebody, especially like for somebody like I used to work for. Mm -hmm. And my second thought was I would never treat my team like we were treated. I mean, it was almost five years, right? Which yeah. the average length of a personal trainer in a place is six months. This is nationwide for the industry the the average time that a trainer stays at the same place it's six months mm -hmm. still right but anyway uh yeah that was my two thoughts and my next thought was i need to work out tomorrow and i need to find a gym to get my workout in yeah <laughs> the rest is history yeah so was it a long time before you actually found the building you were looking for to get everything up and running so my best friend, uh, my best friend owns a title insurance business and she had a ton of uh, real estate um, agents 
as mm. her clients. And right away she she goes, let me show you something. And we went to this place in Palm Harbor and her office is literally five minutes down the road, right? And uh, she goes, this is your place. And funny enough, when I when we called the 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 plaza owners, it that same place used to be a gym. It used to be like shapes or something. It was that 3,000 square foot space. It mm -hmm. was perfect. But everything happened at, you know, at the right time. And yeah, yeah. So like, did you have to start from zero clients? E yes. Okay. Uh, actually, yes and no. So, so any business where you have customers, is relationships so the first thing i did uh as we started the build out is i joined this group called bni business network international and the purpose of that organization is you meet twice a week is relationship building which eventually turns into referrals mm -hmm. so our first 23 customers that we we signed them up even before we opened we had them on the schedule were from that group and this is how we we built from there but it's important to be in the community and just like the local chambers bni different networking organizations because people have to know about you right but this is how we open with 23 people from bni yeah so in so you sort of did like a pre-sale right okay mm -hmm. So some of my some of my uh, clients from before found me without yeah. contacting them, they found me and uh, they joined as well. So they were probably looking. They found me. I do the you know I I never told anyone. I just one called me, offered me a job. I'm like, yeah. sorry, I'm not passionate about software. I don't care <laughs> how much you pay me. <laughs> yeah, but. So let's talk a little bit about growth. Well, marketing. Um, I'm not sure how many members you have right now, but you started out with 23 clients. Well, I mean, technically zero, but you do your, your pre-sale, your networking, you got up to 23. What right. has the journey been like from 23 to where you're at now? Like what's been working well for marketing and what's something that hasn't worked so well? The best thing for marketing is word of mouth our own clients talk about us. This is our biggest growth. And the worst marketing uh, investment uh, was a billboard. Okay. So let's talk about both. Why do you say that word of mouth is the best? Would you say that like out of everything it's the best or it just like it's worked really well for you guys? Out of everything we've done for the mm -hmm. past seven years, mm -hmm. word of mouth has been the best um not only as far as the number of people that we're getting but also the the uh, lifespan of a client staying with us because they're like-minded they're in the same demographic they're like-minded they're friends they're family they're our biggest growth is that okay so Within your business, did you have a referral program or some type of incentive to 
get your clients to talk more about you and bring bring their friends and family in? Yes, we give them credit towards their membership. Every time a friend of theirs sign up, uh, we give them uh, credit towards their next payment because they pay weekly. It's an automatic payment. Okay, so you give them a credit. Okay, anything else? As far as? As far as the word of mouth, just to incentivize people to talk more. Well, the, the Google has worked great because people, even when they drive by, they right away go to our Google reviews. Mm. Uh, you know, as a small business, the Google reviews are uh, huge. Again, especially in the fitness industry, because the fitness industry does not have a good rep reputation as a business. And I'm not sure why, right? It's just, I mean, we're still a business, right? Uh, but yeah, word them out and being out in the community. Okay. I'm really um, I'm interested that you didn't, like you haven't mentioned social media at all. Because that's, uh, social media is a, is a big thing. Um, so are you guys on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you doing type of advertising on there? Mm -hmm. We are. We're constantly putting out content, clients, and uh, but very rarely somebody tells us they found out about us on social media. It's once in a blue moon. I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. I'd say yeah. that's first. Okay. So with the word of mouth, the Google reviews, um, not really, not really getting any clients from social media. As you continue to grow your business, because you do have some really big, big goals, would you say that you'll have to change your marketing strategy a little bit? Mm, yeah, and uh, that will be PR. We, we're going to do more uh, PR with, like for example, we have a local, the highest rated news anchor is our client. And every two, three months we're on TV with her, right? The biggest, the, the most watched channel in the area. So that also has been another great source. Like people, it's, again, we're going after a certain market, right? I always say we're not for everybody and mm -hmm. defining, because if you try to, to, to be everything for everybody, you become nobody too. So defining that niche, right? And we've had constant growth, constant growth. It's, um, it's been yeah it's been interesting for sure so let's talk a little bit about like what the client experience act looks like because I believe you said you guys do have a, a good client retention rate yeah it's um 70% which is unheard of for a studio do you know like what's the average amount of time that somebody stays um as an active member two years two years that's a long time yeah so what do you think you've been doing that's working well in terms of having good client retention? Uh, the culture, um, having the right people on the team. As um, far as like the trainers that you have and any other staff members that you have? It is the culture, yeah. Everything that's happening once the client enters the building, uh, the credit gets, uh, the team gets the credit. 
because I am a firm believer that no matter what kind of facility you have, what kind of equipment you have, what kind, especially when it's a personal training business, right? We're not an open gym where you walk in and do stuff yourself. This is one-on-one -on -one training. Um, it is the culture. It's how that client feels when they walk in the door and how they feel leaving the facility, which has nothing to do with anything that's a thing inside. Make sense? It's the people that from the moment you walk in, somebody opens the door for you. They know your name. They know about your family. They know what you do for fun. They ask you, hey, how was your golf tournament this weekend? I mean, all these little things. And I think this is what's keeping. I mean, we have people for seven years, seven year client that's miss workouts only when they travel, right? It's, yeah, it's the culture. So do you think, because you guys are doing one-on-one -on -one sessions for 30 minutes, so no group training, right? No group training. Let me ask you about that. Like, is there any particular reason why you've chosen not to have any group training? Because the quality of the workout you get when you have that coach laser focus on you for the 20 or the 30 minutes that you're in the gym you can't, you just, it makes the experience and the quality of the workout priceless. As far as intensity, as far as safety, as far as, I believe that the, what, the supervision is the most critical part of a quality workout, a safe workout. And uh, I mean, even us, I train with one of the trainers twice a week. I haven't gotten a workout by myself for 14 plus years. And how can I sell something that I wouldn't do myself? Make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, again, it's what you believe in. And then the people that join, they believe in the same thing, right? And they stay because they also, they go, I can never get a workout like this on my, by myself ever. And this is the biggest, right? The as you as the practitioner, when you hear this, oh my God, right? This is why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know what? Never ever I can push myself as hard. Never. You always take those two ounces out of me. The last two ounces that I could never ever spend on my own, right? And this is why. So I considered at some point doing uh, one trainer to three people, and then I'm like, no, that's not what we're all about. We're not about that. We're about that one-on-one -on -one attention, the one-on-one -on -one experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the goals that you have for X-Force Body 2023 and beyond. How would you like your gyms to evolve? Well, number one, gratitude uh, that we're still here after COVID, after being closed for um, two months, we're actually... When I looked at the sessions this morning, we are better than before that. We've grown actually after COVID. And with two locations in the Tampa Bay area, I want us to have at least three more in the Tampa Bay area and then going to different cities and uh, then out of the state. That's what 
my vision is. Okay. So what are some of the things that need to happen in order for you to be able to expand in Florida and then out of state? Find the right people. Okay. Find the right people because without the, again, without the right people, um, I, I don't see it happening. Again, it's the person who creates the experience for the customer. So are we talking about like finding the right members or coaches? The right right team first, the right teammates. For example, if I want to open in uh, Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. the right person to run the location. Yeah. Right. Then they grow their team. Then they inspire their clients. Right. Our mission as a company is to inspire people. So anyway, uh, yeah, that would be the, that would be the, the greatest challenge, but also the greatest reward after is just work with great people, you know? Yeah. So what does your day-to-day look like as the business owner, especially could you have to go between two gyms? Are um, there certain tasks that you think that you do on a daily basis that are like the most important? The most important is... Uh, Time blocks on my schedule. I try to be two days at the one location and two days at the other location. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I have uh, a person at both locations, great people to uh, run just the operational part. Mm-hmm. But uh, the most important for me is just to plan my week to where the time blocks are there. Otherwise, is um, and you know, it's a funny question because when people ask me, what is your job actually? I go, I clean. <laughs> I stop in the locations and make sure they're surgically clean. And yeah. most of you want to walk in and see me with the mop. Don't laugh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I swear. It's like, Ili, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I clean. That's what I'm, most of my days are doing that. But anyway. <laughs> so... It's almost a good place to, for us to wrap things up on this episode, but I do have a few more questions for you. Sure. So if you could, because you've been, you've owned a gym for about seven years, right? right. Mm-hmm. If you could give us like two, what are two of the most important skills that you think you need to develop as a business owner if you want to build a business that's profitable? Number one, leadership. This is the number one if you're not a good leader and develop as a leader so you can build other leaders into your organization you can't grow so leadership number one number two i don't know i don't know what number two is but number it's it's leadership because once you become a business owner, right? Not a practitioner, right? Because you can be self-employed and just train clients all day. Then you don't have to worry about a team, right? But once you open a business and you have a team, you got to work on yourself constantly to be a great leader, which is, you know, setting the example, um, uh, setting the standard, setting the, um, I mean, again, a personal training business is still a business it needs to be a respected organization right so yeah yeah so you seem very much like a like a hands-on business owner 
um, cleaning, going to check on your gyms every week. Is there anything about like your role in your business now that you want to see change at all? No, I love it. I love being there. I love seeing the team. I love seeing happy customers. As we grow, obviously, it's going to be more challenging to uh, visit uh, different locations, but I'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. It's it's just great. It's it's progress every day, little, little progress, something else we can get better at, you know? When you love what you do, you know, you're in the industry. When you love what you do, it's it becomes the line between playing fun, uh, playing work becomes blurred, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, Illy, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, where can I, where can our audience find you? Instagram, X-Force yeah. Body. And we have a Facebook page, X-Force Body. Um, X-Force Body South Tampa and then just X-Force Body but um, yeah we're on there alrighty well Illy thank you so much we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road thank so, you so much for having us absolutely so to everybody who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is Mr. Mark out of Edinburgh, Scotland with Inside Out Personal Training. Mark, how are you today? I'm good, thanks, Adam. And yourself? Uh, doing very well. Thank you for, so much for asking. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate having you and excited to hear your journey and you know all the good things that you've done. Oh, great. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. So Mark, go ahead and open up for us. Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, what you've done and, you know, how you got into inside out personal training. Yeah. So um, I've been in fitness for 20 years this month, actually. Uh, I've got my first job after doing my sport and exercise degree. And then uh, my first job was actually leading health walks. I was setting up health walks in the community and working with older people and marginalized groups. And then I realized the amazing benefits of something as simple as walking, how it can transform people's lives. And I think by working from people of that kind of client group, then you just realize how to have kid gloves on everyone and uh, accept people for who they are and all of their natural abilities from there. Um, in the same job that I had there, I was also working on childhood obesity schemes, so working with youngsters 
And then I moved on from there and I got a job as a community exercise manager at the London Borough of Camden. And so I was managing the whole of the community exercise. I worked in GP referrals as well. Um, I've been doing personal training all the way along as well through my whole journey. And I think it was 2009 when I moved to Edinburgh. And I was still managing a project in London that I set up, which was running a 5K fun run with training in the lead up that was um, in London. So I was in between two cities. And then it got to 2014. I remember I come back from my honeymoon and like I just finished the project and living in two cities, you don't really um, settle in either. So I hadn't really settled the life in Edinburgh. And then one day this, I just responded to this ad on Gumtree. And it was like, we need a, a personal trainer to just lead. And it was this guy called Stevie. And then he set up Inside Out Personal Training. So I was, he's um, a cricket coach actually. So I was running the whole business. He was just doing all the admin side. And then um, about a year or two in, he was like, I'm getting bored of this. Do you want to take over the business? So I took over the business and we've been running ever since. So that was from 2015. And this will be our eighth year of Inside Out Personal Training. Sounds like quite the journey. Yeah, it's been fun. And I still, I've been in fitness for 20 years, but I still love it. I still love working with clients. Uh, I just, you know, I'm happy that I've found my passion and my purpose in life is to help people to feel good about themselves and improve their lives. So I'm quite happy that I've found this niche as well. Awesome, man. Uh, <clears throat> well, cool. Um, you know, uh, passion, history, and, you know, all the good things there. So, Let's kind of uh, rock into Inside Out PT. Kind of talk to us a little bit about the facility, the square footage, how many people you're currently serving. So um, in terms of our facility, it's great because we've got an indoor studio. It's quite a small studio. It must be about five by 10 meters max. And uh, we've got outdoor training grounds because it's actually a cricket club. So we sublet from them. And so there's a private grounds, which is outside as well. So we can train inside and out, which is quite good as well. Um, and we, in terms of the equipment, we've got all the traditional stuff, kettlebells, TRX, barbells, dumbbells, um, you know, a few of the fatty equipments that are used as well. And that's mainly about the facility. We only specialize in group personal training. So that's our main focus that we work on. And we it used to be a maximum of four people per session, but we we had to move that to six just because in terms of uh, the profitability of the business. So it's a maximum of six. There was like a little bit of uncomfortable, a few uncomfortable people at the first and when it's transitioned, but everyone's happy with the six. And it is a great number to work with as a coach because you get the the inspiring effect of the atmosphere of everyone but also you can give that tailored support for the people that need it yeah absolutely and six six isn't too much for you know for a single coach or a single trainer exactly six is a great number and um in terms of our ability we get 
all different abilities. So we've got people that have run marathons. They're, they've got a really good fitness level. And we've also got like beginners that have haven't exercised before. And one of the best things is that we got really good client retention. So if, if, a, if a member joins us, they tend to stay for years and that's really good because you get to know them and then it does become like a, like a family. Um, we've got, there's four coaches and then we've also got a nutritionist who works with us as well. He just does online support, but that, that's an invaluable tool as well that we need as well, just to keep everyone ticking along with the, the entire lifestyle, not just the fitness as well. Yeah, nutrition goes hand in hand with that fitness lifestyle for sure. Um, so, you know, if you had to guess or if you knew exactly how big is the facility, I know you said like it's part of the cricket club, but like what's specifically your facility size? Yeah, so um, the studio, it must be, well, it's probably about, yeah, must be four meters by eight meters, I would say, actually, the actual studio that we use. The grounds that we've got access to must be about um, 200 by 300 meters or something like that. So it's quite a big space that we can use. Yeah, and so that works really well in terms of if you want to get clients running on one of the things that we've just set up is um, like a, a silent disco boot camp, because in lockdown, we was told that you can't train with more than one person. So as you could only do one to one PT. So through the headphones that I just come up with this idea, um, we was able to have two training over there, two training over there, two training over there. And then I could just coach from the center of the grounds. And so now we've set up like a winter wonderland with lots of flashing lights and like creative oh, yeah. experience as well. Um, so it's the, having the grounds is brilliant. It's, and it makes us unique in terms of so some people might feel self-conscious in like if it's a public park. And um, obviously, if you've got, if I've done park training before, you've got to lug all that equipment around, but we've got all the equipment just there stored. So it works really well as a, as a, as a fitness regime. Awesome, Mark. So talk to us about, you know, kind of like give us a, a quick example of like your elevator pitch, you know, like when somebody walks in to the facility, you know, kind of like, yeah, you talked about your exclusively or mostly, you know, group private training, um, about six, but as far as like, like somebody comes in, they're like, oh man, like I want to lose 10 to 15, 10 to 20 pounds. You know, I have some low back problems, things like that. Kind of like, how's your assessment? How would you assess that person or assess a potential new client to come in your facility and, and convert them into a member? Yeah, sure. So first of all, we do like a phone consultation. And that's just to see about their fitness background, any injuries, and just to really find out about them as a person, see if they'll be a good fit. And then I think you really need to see people move. That's what I've, I've realized over the Some people, they might have minor injuries and make it worse than it is and vice versa. So it's only through actually looking at that particular client and seeing them as an individual that you're really able to get the differences and help them make the changes that they need in their life. And so our main focus is the community. So in terms of there's a community of support, it's not only in the sessions, but there's a WhatsApp group where everyone's really supportive, no matter what the fitness level, what age, um, it doesn't matter, everyone really supports each other. 
we're inclusive like i was saying about all different levels all of our coaches have maybe seven years experience minimum so they're used to working with people with injuries in the same session sometimes you have to adapt and really think on your feet but we're really inclusive we can take all different levels of fitness and then also is transformation so in terms of getting people to transform first they have to love exercise that's our most important thing we need to pass on that love and give them that enthusiasm so that then they want want to exercise they want to come to our sessions and they want to maintain the fitness regime and then working one-to-one with them we'll sit down and let them set their own personal goals in terms of nutrition and lifestyle because I mean, what really frustrates me is when they say oh you should have this much protein you should have this and all of these generic guidelines for everyone but everyone's so different and everyone has to work on what they feel they need to work on at that particular time as well. So it's really working with that individual that's in front of you and helping them to find their own path and, and carve that out. And we're just there to basically help support them on that journey. Awesome, Art. <clears throat> um, so that being said, you know, if you had to put a number on, you know, how many people do you see on like a monthly basis, you know, is it a hundred members, is it 200 members, is it somewhere between? Yeah. So we've probably got about 50 members We're we're quite boutique really. And yeah. it stays at that number. So we might have two clients leave, two clients come back. So it's really like a, quite a boutique facility. And we're, we're like, I call us uh, Edinburgh's best kept secret because really my marketing is probably the weakness of of the whole of inside out is is getting that message out there um so i think that keeping it a nice um condensed number actually works quite well in terms of the people building those bonds as well yeah um so with that you know 50 or so members you know like kind of walk me through like what's some of your goals for the you know year of 2023 do you want to increase that membership, double that membership, you know, kind of walk us through that. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Um, in terms of getting new members, really the the weakness that I, I do see in myself because it's important to look, acknowledge those things is the marketing. So uh, I don't really do anything for marketing. I haven't really done much over the, the past five years, actually. Um, we've tried all different things to market the number one is referrals so people word of mouth that always is the number one and then so periodically I would just pay someone to do uh, Facebook ads it was and then through that probably one or two free runs of Facebook over three months we get enough members that will stay with us for a long time so that kind of just gives us that boost we need to just keep keeping the numbers ticking over. It would be nice to get more members. And also we've still got some online sessions as well running um, like post COVID. And so it would be good to boost the numbers in those as well. And that's something that I wanna work on. And then also last year I started running retreats so I did one in 2019, actually, one last year, and then I've got number two this year. So that's that's the new expansion of the business and on the sideline. So inside out retreats as well. That's that really excites me. So because when you've been in, in fitness for 20 years, you have to keep these exciting things to keep keep your motivation high as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely got to make it fun and exciting because otherwise, you know, it can get, you know, somewhat stagnant. Yeah. And um, that's the thing as well. So I was falling out of love with fitness and it was group personal training that brought me right back in. It's just the perfect thing where you've got, you know, one-to-one could sometimes, it depends on the client in front of you, but sometimes it's it's a bit more intense. And whereas if you've got a big group, it's really hard to manage. But if you've got six, it's just the perfect number to keep a nice atmosphere, keep it vibrant, buzzy, but then nobody gets lost as well. So like it really just reignited my love for fitness again, the group personal training. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it kind of re- re-sparked that, that, that fun and that exciting time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome, Mark. Um, you touched on, you know, marketing and, you know, you want to do these uh, inside out retreats and things like that. So kind of talk to me about what, what kind of plans do you have in place to be able to bring people in, you know, um, you know, whether it's, you know, new people or, you know, to, to expand and build on these retreats, what kind of things do you have planned currently? Yeah, so currently it's word of mouth has been the main thing. Um, and what I'm hoping to branch out to is more Instagram ads. ads. So we've kind of changed platforms. We're doing more, more work on Instagram. But for me, I'm not really, uh, I'm so old school. I don't like all the social media. I hate the fact that they have, you kind of have to go down this route of uh, social media in order to get clients. And the thing is, it doesn't matter how much you post, that makes no impact whatsoever it's if you're willing to pay. But if you do pay for the ads, it definitely brings a return. So that's the thing that I'll be looking to do for sure this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like a, uh, a previous owner said, you know, you got to pay to play. You have to. And the thing is, like, really, it doesn't matter how much you post. You post all the time. Really, it's so slow, the growth. But every time I've done uh, Facebook ads in the past, literally, you're getting 10 new clients come to you. If 10 come as um, as you, you have a phone consultation with 10, eight will do a taster session. Then from there, maybe six would sign up for a six-week package. And then from there, four would be with us for for years. So in terms of the cost-effectiveness of it, it definitely works. But it's just for me, I'm just so stubborn in my old ways that I just hate having to pay, not even the people delivering the ads, but it's more the companies. It just, yeah, it frustrates me, but, you know, Sometimes the dinosaurs have to move at the times. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I laugh and joke and it's, you know, one of those things is like social media is like, sometimes if you don't know what you're doing, you got to spend so much time trying to figure out, you know, what to do, where to post, how to post, you know, who to target, you know, what what caption, what tagline, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But exactly. you, know, you said it, the, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about evolution and, you know, every single business is used social media and marketing ads and stuff like that. So you know, if, uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome, Mark. Um, so, you know, let's, let's kind of talk like back up, talk big picture here. Um, you know, obviously right now you want to expand members, you want to do the retreat, you want to start getting into marketing again with the Facebook ads and stuff like that. But if you were to step back and go the next three to five years, or even the next five to 10 years, where do you want to see inside out PT go? Do you, you know, is it one of those things where like, do you have the availability to expand on the current club and maybe 
do another sublet in a different club or is it kind of like one facility is the max and you're just going to try to max out? Um, yeah, so th that this that's a really interesting question, and it's deciding what routes what what route to go down. So I would love to open another facility, poss possibly in Edinburgh as well. So that would be easy to manage that way. The online offering, uh, there's lots of potential there as well. So uh, it's just about me getting my head around it, my dinosaur brain coming back into the modern age. Um, and then the retreats, I would love a retreats facility. That would be my ideal is to be able to have a facility where I can do the retreats. Because what I found is when people are firefighting in their daily lives, they're not really processing. And that that long term change, it takes a long time for it to sink in. In a weekend when they've had that time, that space out, then a lot of a lot of remarkable breakthroughs happen so i would love to have that in the next three to five years as well but for me it's just thinking okay in terms of strategy what's first so that's what i'm kind of working on at the moment yeah is get, getting that uh that marketing those ads and stuff up and running yeah yeah for sure yeah well talk to me about that you know what you know where where in your mind do you feel like you know, what's the, the, the number going to be for, you know, how many leads you would like to come in to see, you know, how many member conversions per month would you like to see? Uh, so I don't really, I don't really have a number. That's the thing. It's like, um, I'm a bit more laid back, chilled and more organic than that. I just know that things always work out. I definitely know that. And so, um, It'll be good to get, uh, yeah, because another thing for me as well is like one of the beauties that I love about Inside Out is that I'm able to get coaches. It's so hard to find good coaches. All the coaches we've got, they're so passionate and they love people as well as they they actually care about people. So that's really important. So I think if I could get 10 clients extra a month, and then able to put on more sessions and employ more coaches to be able to live, deliver those sessions, then yeah, I, I would definitely be up for that. And be, because with pre-lockdown, I used to work so much in terms of doing like 6.30 a.m. starts, 9 p.m. finishes, but now I'm, I'm more, um, I'm not as much hands-on, but it would be good to be able to get coaches in to do that. So yeah, probably 10 clients a month would be ideal for us, I think. Yeah, it's like a month, 12 months, it's 120 members a year, give or take, you know, attrition. Yeah, exactly. So that would, that sounds like a good number, actually. That sounds like a really good number. Yeah, that would, uh, you know, that would do quite a bit, you know, for yeah. you in terms of, you know, building up that, that, you know, second studio and or, you know, the retreat facility as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, with the numbers game, you know, do you have you know, maybe like a, a goal number of, you know, revenue that would allow you to be able to do those kind of things? Or is it like you said, more or less kind of, you know, everything works out? Yeah. So like um, some people work in num numbers, I'm more working. So, okay, if, I've, if I'm saying I want a facility, okay, well, whatever that costs, that's how much I need to bring in, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. So that's that's what I'll rather think in that. So some people are more like numbers. I want to get 100k, I want to do this, I want to, but mine's more like, okay, if I want the facility, what do I need to get that? That's what I need to do to make that happen. Got it. So it's just more or less like you find, you know, the place or whatever you need, and then that's the kind of number you're gonna have to hit before you can start looking at avenues and different things. Yeah, yeah. But this conversation has been really interesting because it, it, it's not often you get a chance to actually take a step back and look at these things as well. So I'm looking at myself from <laughs> the angle. So it's it's quite good. It's been a revelation today. Yeah, you know, it's it's always good, you know, like you know, you take a step back and you're like, yeah, like things are going good. And then it's like, oh, what about this? And then oh, okay, what about that? And then oh yeah, no, I didn't think about that. And it's so yeah, I'm you know here to ask these questions and you'll just kind of get your perspective on things. Um, you know, when you got into inside our PT and, you know, the owner was like, Hey, like I'm bored, whatever, you know, do you want this facility? You know, like kind of like, what was your, you know, your thought process in all of that? Like, I'm just going to get handed a studio, you know, minus paperwork and stuff like that. But like, you know, wh where, where was the studio at when you first got it? to now in terms of just you know everything yeah so in terms of everything the only thing that I've really brought more of into is the community element so that's the main thing in terms of the client numbers the sessions um, we still got one of the coaches from from when Stevie was there as well so like the overall format is very similar but the, it's more the community element that that was one of the things that I really wanted to strengthen when I come in. And at first, obviously, when you take on the business, like the fear was like, can I maintain this? Can I make sure I can pay the staff each month? Can mm -hmm. I make sure I'm getting my own money from it as well? So all of those worries were were there at first, but it was so easy and it's been so easy it's been like a smooth process I was running the business anyway in terms of the client facing part and then just having to take on that admin side um that's been quite fun actually to learn new skills around that that those other areas and finance <laughs> marketing oh, yeah. all of these other areas so that's been quite fun as well yeah, you know, the 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 business, the operational side of things and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Good to get out of the comfort zone and learn new skills as well, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of operations, you know, here's another question for you. You know, with Inside Out PT, you know, what processes or things do you have in place that, you know, from the moment, you know, a person becomes a member, you know, do you have like follow-up processes? Is there like, you know, um, do you have like a software system that, you know, auto text generate and things like that, or kind of, you know, walk us through like what's your front end process for that? Yeah. So like I say, like, um, I'm so old school. It's just all done by me contacting people. All manual, all analog. <laughs> yes. I've still got a paper diary. I'm really like, you know, old school. Um, so yeah, it's, um, but I'm able to manage it. I think at the current level, I'm able to manage it. But if you, if like we was talking about, if I had these 120 members coming in, 10 new members a month, yeah, when it would get a bit more like, okay, well, maybe some automation might come in a bit more handy 
there because you know the at the moment it's totally manageable can still give that that kind of client service to make them feel valued as an individual but yeah it would it would be impossible to keep track of that many members like without automation as well yeah 100 percent, absolutely um man so everything just good old pen and paper and cell phone or phone call and <laughs> monitor and you're like all right let's do it <laughs> it, it, it will make the diary look a lot bit lot look a lot bigger because I would have like so much to put in it. So yeah, probably automation's the way forward. Yeah. Um, absolutely. On average, you know, we talked a little about, you know, on like the sales, the leads, these sides of things, you know, and the marketing sides of things, you know, as far as like attrition and retention goes, would you say that, you know, you have a, a small amount of attrition, you know, only a few people leave every month or so, or is it kind of, in between like some months are good some months are bad oh no we got that's that's why we're so lucky where i don't have to do be searching for new clients all the time because our retention's so good if a client comes like i was saying that out of 10 so four would stay they would stay for years so four out of 10 to stay for years is like you know it's it, and it's only the they're beautiful people as well they're all amazing so they bring that community and that's what makes it really special um yeah so it is that's one of our best things but then it getting new people through the door that's the biggest challenge for us and it's not even the sales side it's more the marketing side to get the people to come to see us that's the hardest part for me personally to to implement yeah, man. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, because uh, as well, because as well, I'm not the type of person to shout, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, that's the thing. That's not me as well. So it, because I'm trying not to bring my ego into these things, then, you know, I can't. It's really difficult to say, look, come and see us, come and see us. But what I need to do is realize that I'm going to be able to help more people by attracting more people to the door so uh, that's the kind of thing I have to get around in, in my head as well yeah just being you know genuine and you know preaching you know exactly what you practice and you know showing people I guess for uh, a word you know like the the real version of it versus like oh just you know come in here give me your money and then you know you're gonna get a program put together and yada 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 yeah exactly that's definitely not us so you, that quality has to be there to make sure every client gets the, the the love and support they deserve, really. Yeah, absolutely. And the community aspect is huge. You know, a lot of people like to be able to be surrounded with other people that are feeling positive and having results and, you know, makes for a little bit better time, usually. Oh, definitely. And most of our members are women, 30s to 50s. But we've had teenagers training, like late teens training with us they fit right in we've got a few over 60s training they're fine we got a few guys as well they have to be strong guys to be able to train with these women because they're so tough and strong so but it's nice it's a nice mix overall as well so yeah that always helps yeah absolutely uh well cool mark it's been a great conversation so far um you know one thing as we get close to wrapping up here is you know you've been in the industry for 20 years and you know, obviously owning the business now for a little while. For somebody that's 
you know, looking to do the same. They're looking, you know, maybe they've been in the industry for a little while. They want to start their own business or maybe they're going to take over a business. You know, what kind of advice would you give them for, you know, starting that journey? I would say 100% to go for it, not to be not have any fear and to be genuine to yourself and to just work hard and do whatever it takes to make it happen. Do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah, definitely. But I think authenticity is important as well. You've got to be true to yourself. It doesn't matter. You know, some people specialize in bodybuilding. Some people is more Pilates style. It doesn't matter what your style is. I would just say be authentic to yourself. That's really important because you're you're bringing that to your business. You're the face of your business. So that's so important as well. Awesome, man. Love to hear it. Um, and then last thing I want to ask here for you is, you know, for anybody out in that area, you know, how can they reach you? Do you have Instagram, Facebook, websites? Kind of give a shout out for how anybody can reach you over in Edinburgh. Yeah, so website is www.insideout-pt.co.uk. Our Instagram is insideout.pt. And our Facebook is PT Inside Out. So they're the main main platforms you can catch us on. Look at that. Know all the platforms, but we're going old school to paper and pen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just send me a letter. That I'll, I'll get that. <laughs> there you go. Letter uh, with some ink on it will be more, more efficient. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, had, I, had, I had to do it. I had to say it. Uh, <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, that's my story. That's kind of, you know, how he got into this uh, endeavor and journey and everything. And, you know, we uh, look forward to getting you that, that second studio and, you know, get your retreat running up and soon in the next, you know, three to five years or less. Um, but most importantly, um, if anybody's out there looking to start their own journey, you know, go with it, have passion, don't have fear. Um, and, you know, whatever comes up at that time, just tackle it and, you know, you'll find a way and, you know, make it happen. Um, if this story inspired anybody out there, feel free to reach us uh, by clicking on the link below, typing in all your information. We would love to have you on the show and learn all about you and your uh, impact and presence in the fitness industry and community. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us 
our guest on the show today is Mr. Nathan Hemphill of PSP3, coming to you from Kansas City. Nathan, what's going on, man? How are you? Not much. Getting ready for this Chiefs weekend. Hopefully it, it goes well. <laughs> Oof, I'm a Bills fan, so a little, <laughs> a little heartbroken here. Anyway, uh, the the crux of our conversation clearly is going to be geared around PSP3 and, and your experience and all that that entails. For people listening who may not be familiar with the brand or with you, give us a little bit of background here. When you describe what PSP3 is, what do you tell people? Yeah, so it's, we are a sports performance company that creates individualized programs for all of our athletes uh, based off initial evaluations, their goals, and whatnot. Uh, we have athletes from all sports, all ages. Our youngest athletes are uh, 11 years old, and our oldest athlete is actually 35 in that range. And we do have a small adult uh, program as well, but our main niche bread and butter is training athletes, middle school, high school, college, and pro. Okay. Now, big focus on athletics. You mentioned up to 35. I'm always interested in how these things get started and, and the origin stories behind them. So take me back to the early days, Nathan. The idea yeah, so is I formulating. We didn't quite open doors but we're, we're thinking about opening up our own gym. What's going on for you and, and how yeah. do we actually get to where it is now? Sure. So I spent um, time in the college and professional ranks uh, working at different division one schools and with the St. Louis Cardinals. And I, my dream was always a head MLB strength coach. And after working in minor league baseball, the travel and all that kind of stuff, I kind of realized that's not really what, what I wanted to do. And in the college setting, when I was toward the end of my uh, career there, I was seeing a lot of athletes coming in that weren't really prepared, either physically, um, movement-wise, whatever they were doing. They were not really ready for the demands of college strength and conditioning, especially if you're a fall sport athlete, like you don't have time to get caught up. And so I started asking a lot of questions and kind of figuring out like, where is this all coming from? And I had two interviews um, for a different position after that. And they were way on the East Coast and somewhere else I didn't really want to live. And I was like, if I want to be close to my family and not be just chasing the next job, I've got to try to bridge this gap between the high school and college setting. And being from Kansas City growing up, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to follow my face, I'll do it when I'm young. I'm going to follow passion <laughs> and, you know, run with it. And that's kind of how it all started. And it really started actually as a CrossFit gym. And the only reason why is at that time okay. in 2012, 13, CrossFit was exploding. And I was like, that's the way that I'm going to pay my bills and I'll do sports performance for fun. And within a week of us starting to train some of my athletes, it just kind of, it completely changed. And I, from the thankful part of it, that, that was my main background, but also, you know, just bringing a different light to what performance training is rather than just bodybuilding or whatever and since then that that's always been our niche um, and we'll be coming up on 10 years here in march yeah that's that's fascinating that, that crossfit was the the launching pad but we really and, got back to what we wanted to be doing anyway <laughs> right and then that was the thing it was like you know if we're gonna make this business lucrative to where i can make a living off of it and whatnot we have to pay our dues and so CrossFit at the time was so popular it was like that's the way we're going to do it and then we'll do this other fun stuff as well and it, like I say it completely morphed and changed within the first probably two weeks of us being open um, and it changed for the better absolutely changed for the better for us yeah and you mentioned 
just shy of a, a decade later, we're still here. Something must have gone right, Nathan. <laughs> I, I, I had some hair in the beginning. It's oh, God. <laughs> Being a gym owner and, and all of that entails. So let's, yeah, let's let's spend some time there for a minute. Look back on that time and reminisce here. What's been the best part about being a, a business owner? What's been the most stressful or most challenging part about being a business owner? I would say the best part um, is, you know, if you're a person who is motivated by either bringing in more members or, you know, a, a not, not a salary based job, but more of a commission based job where you're out there pounding the pavement and selling your passion, all that kind of stuff. Like that's what it is. That's you know, what, what it all is. And so I really thrive in that environment. I enjoy that environment. It's where I feel like I thrive. Um, and so it's the best and worst stress, right? So it, it's stressful because clients are coming in. It's not stressful or super stressful because clients aren't coming in or, or whatnot. Um, as well as like being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Uh, the reason why my name's not on it is like we've, we've collaborated and formed a family of coaches um, that really truly care and are passionate about what they do. And that's kind of hard to find um, in the fitness industry. Everybody's always kind of looking for the next thing and, and whatnot. So that's been a blessing for me. Um, I would say on the other side of that, the most stressful, worst part is that, you know, now you're dealing with financing. And so it's, and with three facilities, our overhead is ridiculously high. And so you're looking at money, money and cash flow and all that kind of stuff. And when they first got into it as a business owner, I was like, you know, I was a strength coach. I was a, a, a gym guy, not knowing about like, you got to pay for this. You got to pay for this. You got to pay yeah. for this. They don't um, teach you that in school, do they? Nope. And you, you, you learn as you go, but you make a ton of mistakes. And, you know, you just try to hope to get better and better and better, um, which I've liked too, because it's taught me a lot. You know, I feel like I know the X's and O's of the gym floor and how to train an athlete and all that kind of stuff. And, but like, this is a whole avenue of like learning to become a better business owner. And like, can you continue to run this and make a successful living rather than being like a flash in the pan? And all of a sudden now I'm, you know, working at Amazon or a, a desk job, which I, I would go, I could, I can't sit still. So I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy because coming from, the collegiate sector or, or the pro division even, of course you're worried about budgets. It's still a big portion of what you do, but it's such a different experience when you move into the private sector and other people's paychecks rely on you being able to deliver. It's right. a well, big, big differentiator. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, if with a sports performance thing, you know, we graduate 30 to 40 kids a year. And so in a normal gym setting, you could have members for life. Right. They're there for yep. life. Yep. Well, that's like we have two, maybe three to four years of the kid. And it's like, now you got to go find more. And now you got to go find more. And so, you know, business wise, in the very beginning, it was a feast or famine, good months or good periods of months, bad periods of months. And so, you know, as a business is trying to figure out how to bridge the gap and fill those holes. So it's more consistent across the board. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, that's the, the stressful thing is like, you know, once they get there, it's great, but it's like getting them to come to you, um, and, and see the experience that you're trying to give them. Um, cause yeah. really in the private setting and customer service is more important than almost anything because you're, you're giving them a service. hundred percent. Now you've spent time on, on both sides of the aisle. So I'm interested. And now, as I understand recently, you guys have, have somewhat come full circle and began serving an adult population, albeit in some capacity. So from your perspective, what's the biggest differences when marketing to a performance-based athlete versus 
Mr. and Mrs. Jones just looking to move a little bit better and feel a little bit better. What's I, let me ask the question this way because this will be a little bit more useful for people listening. What's worked for you over the years, and what maybe hasn't worked so well over the years? Sure, I would say um, athletes. Oh, I'll start on the athlete side. The mm-hmm. athlete side is forming connections and relationships um, because if a coach is going to trust you to send their athlete to you. They have to trust that you have their best interests involved and you're not stealing their kids. And that's a lot of the battle is I'm not stealing your kid. Your kid's going to come still do your school weights or work with your academy or whatever. But we've got to formulate this like connection to where we communicate so that we're all on the same page to help the athlete get better. And that's kind of the setting your ego aside and learning to be a team player because I think that's what the college setting was great for was like you have to be a team player because you're a strength coach working with athletic training, working with head coaches and all this other stuff. If you are on your own island and think you're the best of everything, like you don't, you don't win that battle. And so, you know, in the private setting, forming those connections, because when co- coaches trust you, they start sending kids your way. And then on the athlete side, it's, you know, giving them what they want, the social media, the flashy kind of stuff, um, showing them that it's different than what they're doing at the high school or whatnot. Um, being an old school guy, like I had to learn how to work Instagram. Like I'm still figuring it out, but like, that's still a challenge for us in this space. <laughs> I just like, I'm not good at, you know, I'm not good at like filming as I'm coaching. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. as yeah. well as like all the hashtags and all that stuff. It's like, here's a kid doing a squat post. Like, I don't know, yeah. you know, so we've learned, we've learned on that piece on the adult piece. It's really like, you know, um, learning what they want out of it. You know, there's the people that like, I want you to do, I want you to bury me into the ground. I'm going to go out and I'm going to drink my beers and have my fun and do this and whatever, but I want to try to balance that. Or there's people like, I want to want to get in shape for a 5k and they're different. And the way you approach them and the way you do things with them is completely different. And so, you know, building that relationship with them um, turns into that long-term relationship that they know you have your, their best interest at heart but they're also helping them do what they want to do um, because every adult's different. You know, not every adult wants to train for a powerlifting meet or a 5k. Um, you know, my wife is one of those ones. She just wants to work out so she can continue to go to the lake and have fun and do this kind of stuff rather than uh, I want to, you know, have performance goals of this. And this. Yeah. It's just something I know I should be doing. It's not really what gets me up in the morning. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, uh, okay. So if I'm understanding properly, it's it's a far different situation one one demographic the athlete side of things they know why they're there and they want to be there most of the time they have performance outcome goals the other side of it maybe they do but maybe it's just because i know i should my doctor said i should my wife my husband said i should it's a it's a little bit different of a delivery yeah, and it's a social thing, right? So, like, it's a family. Like, we we come here, we hang out, you know, they do their workout, and then, like, the, the adults talk for a little while afterwards. Or it's, how's your day been going or what? So, it's a social piece of finding like-minded people. Um, and a lot of times in the private setting, you know, those people that feel that they don't want to go to a local big gym and just get lost in the shuffle. They want a plan that's catered to that way they can show up and do it and not just kind of roam around and, you know, be on their own to choose their own program. Is the product the same for your athletes as it is for the adults? Like, are we still doing it semi-private or groups or how does that look? Oh, 
Yeah, so it's group, it's all group training. Um, so the adults all work off the same program, but it's you know it's customized to if you have a knee issue, a back issue, or whatever. Of course, sure. our athlete base is all individualized, and so we actually use an app that all of our athletes have their workouts programmed into into their phones, so that they have it in front of them. All the tracking results are all there. All the progressions our coaches make are all there, um, and so they go through an evaluation. We build the program and whatnot. The adult program is just kind of an all-encompassing here's the program that we're going through um you know strength-based hypertrophy-based or supplemental and then there's a capacity uh, aerobic piece to it too i see okay so the the programming is a little bit different but the structure of how this is delivered is a little bit different as well mm -hmm. take me to and we, we touched on marketing a little bit but take me to the actual sales process of this nathan i think we don't pay enough attention in our space as to how people actually sign up for something like this. And so if you guys get an interested lead, whether it's an adult or uh, a high school kid, college kid, whatever it is, what happens between that moment and them actually becoming a new member? So the youth or our athletes, um, it's a free evaluation. So on our website, there's a click button, it gives you all of our availability. Um, you know, our system does a really good job of that. But with what, I, what we feel, and I know there's still a charge for evaluations, is that if you come to our facility, you're going to be blown away. You're never going to want to leave. Uh, but the problem is getting you in the door. So our way of doing that is we're going to make that evaluation free. No, no, you come on in. We'll do the evaluation for free. You're going to experience a class. You're going to see all of our logos on the wall. You're going to see all these kids. You're never going to want to leave. So that's, that's our first key point. And then what we, do, we teach our coaches is, is that that first experience is, everything like the kid needs to come in you need to use their name you need to look them in the eye you need to welcome them you need to make them feel like that they are a part of our family even though it's their first day because a lot of people come in and the one thing i hear is that it's intimidating because you have 20 athletes 16 to 18 years old who know exactly what they're doing they're all on point they're doing this and this and if you're brand new it can be intimidating so the goal is to make it unintimidating make them feel right. at home from day one our adults get two free classes to come try um, because the main thing there is they need, need to see that it's different. It's not a CrossFit class. It's not a boot camp where we're doing aerobics. It is, you know, this, it's ever-changing. Come see the culture. And so it's kind of the same approach of getting them in, in the door for free uh, to try it. And because we know from our research and what we've seen that once you start, you're not going to want to stop because of, number one, the culture that's built, and number two, the programming. Yeah, I think the, and you, you brought up, some charge for the eval, some don't. The pros and cons here, we charge to protect our time, right? It weeds out people that aren't necessarily interested. You guys take the opposite approach on that. If they're signing up, they're interested in something. We're right. confident in what we do that we can give away this, whatever it is, half hour, hour, whatever the, the time investment is, and recoup it in membership down the road. Yeah. I, I don't think there's one size fits all. I'm not arguing for or against it, but I can understand both sides of this. Now, beyond that, and I think it's important to differentiate here as well, what do you guys focus on to retain the youth athlete? How do we get them to keep coming back time and time again? And what do you focus on to retain the adult population? What do we focus on to keep them coming back time and time again? So our youth program um, from... 11 to 14 is three month block. So you're signing up for a session. You're signing up for three months, three months, three months. 
um, at twice a week. That way we know you're going to get the results that you want. It locks you into a structure rather than you kind of being all over the place. And the high school is month by month by month by month. And we used to do like a three month commitment. We used to do that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll never forget when a kid came in one time for an evaluation, he was like, I love your program. I want to be here, but I have seven more months in my other gym. I got to go to. I'm like, that's not, that's not right. And I think and Pete actually, Pete from Cressy had a great post about why they do month to month. And the reason is because it makes them as coaches make every experience the best experience for their people. It's because an internal accountability thing. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like, you know, I, Oh, I got him signed up for six months. I'll, I'll chill for the next five months and I'll make his last month. Great. He'll stay like, that's not, quality service and so I, I when I saw that I was like man that makes a lot of sense and at that time we were doing like a one month or a three month and a lot of our kids like when the three month was done they can continue on month to month with the same discount but they would forget that they forget this how does it work do I stop now so by going month to month to month we're showing people that we are year-round sports performance training it doesn't really ever stop um, and so that, that's worked really well for us in terms of, like you said internal for the coaches but also it makes it easier on the parents to understand the process um, as well as we do periodic evaluation. So their initial evaluation, we get numbers 12 to 16 weeks later, we're doing numbers. So we know we're going to lock you in for at least three months. And we started doing some research on the kids that we had on one month or three month commitments. And it was like, we have like one kid on a one month commitment. We had 70 on three month commitments. And it's like, okay, these kids are all going to stay three months anyway. Let's make them, do month by month by month by month and there's but they're still going to want to stay and it made it easy for a pricing structure it made it easier for all that stuff um and with the adults it's you know uh, the big thing we don't promote is like january is not our big month like we're not going to go out there and cut pricing they come in for 10 bucks for the first month for our you know new year's resolution get in shape because this is not a month program this is a year-round fitness for life kind of aspect um, and the guy who um, is in charge of that does an amazing job. Like this is a continual thing that we do. It's not like a, I'm going to do this for you know, the summer's here. I think we need a little more of that perspective on the adult side of fitness in our space too, you know? Yeah. It, it, and it's one of those things where you got to have it ever changing. You got to have it, um, you know, can't be the same thing all the time. They get bored. And so the thing that they really like is a factor of we put them in an athletic setting. So before the place that they first started at, it was like all rubber flooring. It was like a cross, it was a CrossFit gym they were you know, working out of, but they were very limited because it was med balls, dumbbells, barbells, that's it. Well, now they come to us, we have turf, we have sleds, we have tires, we have chains, we have all these different things that they can use. And the, it makes the adults feel like athletes again, right? Because a lot of them are former athletes that kind of want to still be in that setting, um, they like that environment. And so that's kind of why it's yeah. a really good blend mesh for us. I have a theory, and I think that's really why CrossFit exploded the way that it did is because if you were somebody that grew up playing sports, even if you played in college or at any level of professional, you've been around people training and being in a weight room in a certain way you can't just make the leap to go to a commercial gym and do a set of leg curls and, and some chest presses. And so CrossFit became the, the sport of, of the adult population. But I think that like that 22 to 35 market is so unaddressed in our space. People that don't really want to go to CrossFit, but they still want to do something like this. Right. It's it's unfortunate. And I think that 
there's a huge market for it, especially for you guys who said we're graduating 30 or 40 people every time. Right. We might as well keep them right. around so to do something. When our seniors graduate from college or their playing career is over, like here's a great, great liaison to the next thing. Yeah, we've um, got this built-in audience right. already. Well, it's the thing of like, you know, when I stopped playing, I wanted to be, I'm a competitive person. So I needed something competitive. Well, CrossFit was great for that. But then it's like, you know, two years into it, you're like, man, my body hurts all the time. Right. Um, you know, yeah. I don't have the, I, you know, I got to do this and this and this. And uh, at the time I was competing and I was like, I can't work out twice a day. I've got a family. I've got a business to run. I just don't, I don't have Not time. realistic. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it got to the point where I was like, all right, well, you know, what's next in those pieces. But there's a lot of people that are like that. They're, they, they don't, they don't know what to do because they're so used to being in the college setting. Like I'm giving you the program, go compete and do this. Yep. And they get done, they're like, all right, I'm never going to do that again. And then they're like at the Globo Gym, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Well, this sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, Nathan, I mean, we our conversation essentially so far has just been, how did you get here? What does everything look like now? Let us in on, on where all of this is going. We're just shy of a decade in. What is the, the vision for PSP3 in your mind? What would you like to see accomplished here in the future? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's morphed and changed over the time. You know, that's the three facilities now. I never thought it would get to that point. But um, I think following culture and values of what we we're trying to bring, we have a philosophy, we have an athlete pledge. Um, I think that giving athletes quality service of performance training being mentors and coaches, not just like a coach that yells and screams and hollers um, to young athletes. And so, you know, we've kind of found the sweet spot of what size space we need, how many coaches you need. Um, one of our big things is paying our coaches very, very well um, because we don't want turnover. You know, we, these kids form relationships with these coaches. And so that's a big part of it. Um, but I have a lot of friends that I came from the college setting too. Is like, you're not really making a good living. You know, you're getting paid not very much at all. You love your job and you have passion, but like in my personal opinion, if you you should be able to get paid for your passion. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, there's some really good coaches that have gotten out of the setting because they just don't find the right home, I guess yep. you could say. Yeah. Um, so I could tell you that there's going to be 60 PSPs across the nation. I can tell you that there's going to be <laughs> just these three. I I don't know that answer. Okay. What I do know is that um, we've got something special that we have here in Kansas City. Does it work everywhere else? I don't know that that answer as well. Um, but I think continue to bring quality. If we can continue to bring quality service and programming to athletes, the, the sky is the limit because it goes hand in hand together. And it goes out with the adult program too, of it blending together and finding like, you know, ethics and morals that can continue mm -hmm. to go forward because we know the working out part is great, but there's the social part. There's the mental part. There's all these other things that go together We've got to continue to do those things. With all of that in mind, Nathan, what do you think, whether specific to you guys or fitness industry in general, what do you think could be some potential challenges or hurdles coming up for a business owner like yourself trying to grow? Uh, money. It's always about money. I mean, equipment's expensive. Facilities are expensive. People are expensive. And overhead is probably the biggest thing I've ran into you know, when you go from one facility to two to three, it's like your overhead continues to grow, 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 grow. And having cash to be able to fund that is a big part of it. I mean, that, that's the reason why a lot of these 
big time corporate gyms work is because someone's bankrolling all this stuff. And for mm-hmm. being a small wig person that doesn't have a whole lot of money to do it with, like it, it is very, very tough. Um, and we've looked at taking on investors and whatnot. And I just haven't found the right person that shares the right vision. Um, and that and it's really tough. Yeah. Because, you don't want to pull the trigger too soon on that. Right. right. And as well, it, it's hard because, you know, people always ask, like, all right, you know, could you franchise this? Could you do that? And it's like, our business model is not for someone to make a ton of money. So someone's not going to come down from corporate world with a ton of money and say, I want to open this because I'm going to make a ton of money. What our business structure really is, is people that are really good coaches that know how to coach, that know how to program, but don't know how to run a business and want to have a successful business and make a living. That's like where our, our line is. It's not going to be the person that makes a million dollars. It's the person that wants to make a living running a gym but not be one of those ones that works for two years and, and then has to go away because they can't make ends meet. So, but yeah, cash flow is, is the toughest thing to balance because you want to pay people well, you want to pay yeah. yourself. It's kind of important too. <laughs> and of course, everything that Jim Boyd. It's funny that that's right. a novel concept in our industry, in right. an owner that takes a paycheck. Anyway. Right. We're running a bit shy on time here, Nathan, but I want to save a minute or two for you to tell people where they can learn more about PSP. What's the best website? What are the social media links? How can people connect with you guys? Yeah, so our website is PSP3.biz. So biz. Um, PlayStation took over that .com, so we can't ever have that. That's fine. But I know. (laughs) Um, Our social media on Instagram and Twitter is PSP3Nation, um, which is uh, the same thing on our Facebook as well straightforward and simple this has been awesome and I, I genuinely appreciate anybody willing to to give a look behind the scenes as to how their business runs and what they're thinking about as an owner here moving into the future no, we'll have to check in with you again it. in the road or in the future because it sounds <laughs> like we still have some parts to be cards to be played, yeah so something uh, like that we'll see <laughs> we shall see for now we are we are out of time but i appreciate it and i wish you nothing but the best one man Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.